Welcome to the Autobot Decepticast. I am your co-host Ryan, and I uh, today <laughs> today uh, almost went off the rails immediately. I bring you the last of the script deviations from our minute by minute breakdown of the 1986 animated classic, The Transformers: The Movie. So, okay, I had no idea when I started editing these together that it would turn out that we had something close to like seven and a half hours of deviation content from the original Ron Friedman script compared to what we see on screen. But here, the shit we are. Um, this last gasp runs from episode 65 through the last on-screen minute proper, which is episode 80. Uh, we go from blasting off of Junkion to destroying the Chaosbringer himself, and it is disappointing. I really, I, I do hope you have all enjoyed the repackaging of what became our favorite segment of the pod, or I'm just saying my favorite segment of the pod, script deviations. Uh, but hey, you know what? Before we get into that, let's talk new content. Tune in February 3rd when we will have an all-new episode. Many of you, and I'm looking at you in particular, Sean, have mentioned that we should cover G.I. Joe the movie. Well, fucking <laughs> buckle up, Buttercup, because this very evening we recorded the first episode of at least a four-part G.I. Joe the movie miniseries. Uh, in the premiere episode, again, coming out the day after Groundhog Day, actually, um, Rise and Shine campers, and don't forget your booty because it's cold outside today, it's cold outside every day, what is this Miami Beach, not hardly, we tackle how G.I. Joe the movie got made, the celebrity voices, uh, the most amazingly American opening that's ever been, all this plus... We have a special guest joining us to dissect the film, Aaron's wife, Melody, who watched the show in heavy rotation during the 80s TV broadcast. Um, but that's all for the future. So here we go. Let's round out the last episode of Script Deviations from Transformers the Movie. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. Yeah, yeah. Send us your pictures. <laughs> oh, boy. We're opening up a can of worms on this one. Oh boy. Everybody, send us all your snapshots. <laughs> As is, I, I hope there's a lot of, like, nudity, but with a bot just positioned. Let's just, oh, no! Right, right, no. Over, right over the, the touchy Unicron spots. just hugging around the waist. Yeah. <laughs> deviations. <laughs> Why are you sorry? The look of panic. Well, I was, well, I was paying attention, but I, I couldn't. I thought I couldn't think it was the iconic moment or scripty. I actually did. I feel like that we've already covered. Too. I, I, I feel like we've already covered the iconic moment in a way. Um, so the listener, uh, longtime listeners might realize, but new listeners may not. So I'll clear it up for you. Aaron speaking, and uh, I typically go first because the script that I read off of is a later generation, maybe one degree away from what we see on screen. And uh, Ryan's version of the script, though, is a very early, maybe like, one degree away I think from one, what was originally written. Yeah, maybe second draft. And his is crazy. Mine's a little closer in, but it has its moments of, uh, of weirdness. So uh, I'm going to go first, and then we'll get to the crazy town. Uh, is it crazy town this week? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Can we build it up? It's, it's not crazy. that. It's not that different, but there's uh -oh. some fun. There's some fun uh, weird okay. shit in there. Cool. All 
All right, well, hopefully I don't steal your thunder. So um, I have a lot of very subtle differences. The Quinnison ship in my version of the script is more, it's it's called a, quote, space cruiser as yes. opposed to the monstrosity that we see. There was really no Retgar Springer fight. Hot Rod and Cup just show up right before that fight would have gone down. The Junkions make hostile signs toward the ship as it flies by. Uh, Cup makes another senile reference from his past. He talks about the, <laughs> the crocodillos of Strontero. I've not seen I have such that a sight. Um, wow, I can't believe it made it that far. Grimlock fantasizes that these people will make him king as the oh. Sharkticons did. Which uh, which that puts a whole new level of understanding on what because like, really we debated that I never realized that they actually made him. King. I, I think that's in his mind, right? Yeah, but he said, but he, I mean, he does Me take control king, over the. Yeah, over I the think in his mind now he way. rules the Sharkticons. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, he kind of does. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they listen to him. Yeah. Cup uh, says, "Don't hold your breath, Your Majesty." Oh. The Junkions shake. The Junkions chase the ship until it lands, delivering the same line that we heard him deliver previously. Instead, he says, film at 5 instead of film at 11. So when the ship lands, hundreds of Junkions, weapons drawn, are aimed at the ship. Hot Rod steps out with a big smile on his face and an armful of Energon to give to the Junkions. Retgar approaches Hot Rod with a blowtorch cutting tool that he has somehow procured. And Hot Rod delivers the greeting and... Retgar puts it away all as well. What about his ping pong ball eyes? Is Retgar Does like, that make another appearance? <laughs> that doesn't. That doesn't happen in this version. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's last episode, baby. Okay. Well, mine is pretty similar to that with some again subtle differences. There's some fun weird differences in here. Um, basically, it's the, there's a lot that gets cut of just like the ship landing and all that shit. But in this one, Grimlock doesn't is the opposite where he says, mm, "Me Grimlock, no like odds." And then Cup says, we gotta go in fighting. And then Wheelie says, fight not right, make friends get tight. That smart head, no way dead. I think I did it pretty good there. <laughs> that was pretty good. For first, like, I just sprung it on you, yeah. Well, and, well, especially considering he didn't have a on-screen reference. Yeah. He could have done anything. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's true. <laughs> um, and then uh, <laughs> Hot Rod, this is before they even land, Cotton Rod and Cup are debating on how to address it, and Hot Rod says, with a, smi- a small smile, sometimes you don't know who your friends are until you ask. Which is a great line. And then lands in Retgar's line here whenever the ship is landing is, Glitz Blitz ahead. Steady as she goes, Bob. Snoopy visitors. So I guess you're right. Snoopy. Snoopy, Snoopy visitors getting by in the eye by and by. Skull salute and high five. Gives the thumbs up sign. And Skull, I looked this up, is a skin. Cheers in Scandinavia. Yeah, it's a Scandinavian toast. Yes. Hmm. And so, uh, How'd you know that? I just happened to know it. The same reason Ryan knows, knows how bedbugs fuck. Bedbugs, bedbugs fuck. I, yeah, I... I if you really want to know, I have a former professor that now lives in Scandinavia, and I, and I've dialogued with him before on Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. and he's cheers. Skull. Yes. All right. There you go. Yep. So like stuck with like, but in a weird way, stuck with the toast thing. Right. Yes. So they went with the mud in the eye instead. Of, I don't know. Anyway, and then as they land and they get out of the ship, RC says, "Hot Rod looks so different." <laughs> yeah, it's getting it's getting shoehorned. It's like here. Hot Rod's been working out. And she yeah, missed. and then they do the universal greeting, which in this one is shorter. It just says, um, uh, "What was it? Gra weep ninny bomb is what it is in this script." Um, and then everybody starts chanting it and everything, and that's basically um, 
<laughs> We're gonna end this minute where it's with Grimlock saying, mm, "Me Grimlock like welcome, me Grimlock happy." Just <laughs> great. It's just great. In my version of the script, instead of a smooch on the nozzle, Rekgar kisses Grimlock's leg, which feels a what? lot weirder to me. Because he's like, so especially what if he kissed his inner thigh? Mmm, sexy. It would be awkward. <laughs> when explaining how they learn to talk, Rickgar reaches into his body, quote, about where his heart or some other organ would be, and he pulls out a, quote, watchman. That is actually where he did it. I just like their description a, a of it. Walkman? No, a watchman? No, a watchman. I guess TV. is that one of those little TLEs, like a takeoff yeah. I don't know if that was a real I think back in the day. I, it well, must have been like a Sony sure. Walkman, okay. only it's like a little, those little portable TVs, yeah. Yeah. which I... Wow. I just liked how they said, reaches into his body about where a heart or some other organ. Or some other organ. Why do you need that? (laughs) But whatever, yeah. After all the mechanic and polish work, Rekgar hits a switch, which brings Ultra Magnus' lights back on. Oh. So, we just saw right after his chest closed, Ultra Magnus' light came on and Mm -hmm. he sat up. So that's, uh, that's it for me. Mine is not like this one's pretty short. There's not that much different. Um, they do the dance and everything like that. And then um, uh, Retgar is talking about have a nice day, plays cover cover, so strike striking. And then um, all the drunkens smile and applaud. And then Hot Rod reacts, looks at RC, and uh, Hot Rod goes, "What did he say?" And RC says, "I'm not sure, but it sounds friendly." And then Hot Rod says, "A small beat, small smile. So do you." Oh, good. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's Sounds stupid. Sounds like Springer might be losing a gal. Well, he's not even in the dance sequence here. It's true. It's like he's... And in this one, the way they put uh, Ultra Magnus back together, they move his mangled body through a line of Junkions, each of whom quickly pieces together junk and body parts, locking them together, spraying him, dusting, lubing, and finally polishing him as he starts at one end of the Junkion line, a wreck, and gets to Rekgar in perfect condition, amazed by his own reconstruction. What? Doesn't say anything about the juice. Well, it does. They being, say being the source, lubing and polishing. But being mm-hmm. the source of the light. Yeah, but giving. in this, it's it's more clear that them putting him back together is what's the, the magic, I guess. Kind of like in this one, whenever they uh, they roll through the junk, they put pieces of themselves back together as they're moving. They obviously have a certain level of savvy on, yeah. on, on doing yeah, things, yeah, yeah. where the Autobots apparently did not. Yeah, that's pretty much it for this one. Okay. In my version of the script, Hot Rod has a bit more inspiration to his speech than he does in this one. Um, in this one, um, uh, he says what he says, and Cup says that the Matrix gone, all hope is gone. And Hot Rod says, no, the Matrix will not fail us. And RC's like, didn't you hear Ultra Magnus? We don't have it anymore. Galvatron does. And Hot Rod says, then we've got to trust in ourselves. And no matter what the odds, destroy Unicron. Okay. That's yeah, not. That's pretty good, actually. They cut he, that down, huh? Yeah, they, I, th- I feel like that would have given a. I feel like they should have. Yeah, we talked in the, we talked in the last episode about how it doesn't really feel like. I mean, we've picked up on it in a minute by minute doesn't fashion. Feel like he's stepping up, but it doesn't feel like he's stepping up as much as he should to really maintain a leadership mantle or get. A, but in, that's that that's a pretty good. In the movie, uh, from the moment Hot Rod says we've got to destroy Unicron, basically the movie progresses. The Junkions unveil the ship, and they all just shove off. Mm-hmm. In the script, there's a bit of debate. Like once the Hot Rod starts talking about, well, we're going to kill Unicron, the people are like, well, how are we going to do that? You know, we don't even have a ship. Uh, which is that's at the point in which the Junkions reveal their ship, and um, 
just a slight differential in the junkie on quote, kill the Grand Poobah, and instead of eliminate the toughest stain, they say, flush cosmic troubles down the drain. <laughs> well, that, that I don't makes have more that. Sense. <laughs> it, we it's got funny how it Did he say at one point, oh, we've got trouble down the drain? Nope. <laughs> I swear that's that, that at some point. Nope. That's said. Nope. That's not a line. <laughs> okay. I believe you. <laughs> I swear. I, I don't believe think you. you do believe me based on your frantic <laughs> typing into your phone. <laughs> Ryan, what have you got going on? All right. This is pretty different, and I don't like... In your script, I like the way they do the hot rod to transition to leadership. They kind of do this here, too, in the earlier version, but I do not like it. Um, so Ultra Magnus is alive, and uh, he uh, stands up. All, everybody's cheering, and Rekgar says... <laughs> this is the weird point where Rekgar says... Now I, Rekgar, say, friends, want to go fight Decepticons? Yes, Junkions, see how they do to good guys, so Junkions fight Decepticons too. Flush troubles away! Which hmm. is, okay. Um, so now they know who the Decepticons are. I guess. Agree with the Autobot take on their conflict and have decided to just, I mean, which is basically what happens. But. Mm-hmm. And then um, Springer says, well, let's get going to Ultra Magnus. What are your orders? Ultra Magnus, a beat, lowers his head. I'm not fit to lead. Without Optimus's spark, I'm just a soldier. That's right. At this point, the Matrix is, is the little tiny Optimus spark. And Cup says, well, we can't stand here and debate. Somebody must assume command. Springer? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, Hot Rod steps out before Springer can answer. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> and then Hot Rod says, the Decepticons were sending Earth energy to an unknown point in space. Which, remember, now yeah, in the right. script, they're str- he's sucking it There's up like through a cosmic sort of straw. machine probably implanted in Earth that's shooting mm-hmm. Earth energy to Unicron. And he okay. says, which is where we were headed until our party was split up. I say we pick up where we left off and pull the plug on the Decepticons once and for all. Autobots, forward. What? So he does not. I said it in a weird okay. way, but Autobots forward. I was trying to make it sound. Autobots for word. <laughs> yeah. Junkions and Dinobots Shatner. take up the cheering and repeat forward as Hot Rod gets a handshake from Springer and a pat on the back from Ultra Magnus. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then Cup puts his hand on Hot Rod's shoulder and says, "You've grown, lad." And Hot Rod says, "I know." And then Riley, imitating Cup affectionately. Reminds me of the time the Carbon Wolves attacked me and my party at the Crystal Caverns of Zumba. Zumba? Zumba. Like yeah. the, the workout routine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the cup, re- cup reacts in roars of laughter and shouts forward, and then we pull off to a long shot of the Autobots and Junkions boarding the cruisers and taking off. Okay. So, in an episode in the third season... Oh, my God. Okay. Killing Jar, where Ultra Magnus, Cyclonus, Marissa Fairborn, and Retgar captured by a Quintesson scientist for experiments, Retgar does say, away go troubles, down the drain. <laughs> How do you remember an obscure episode of that show? You're talking to the guy that remembers the Rocky Bonk thing. I guess, but like you... <laughs> Okay. I, is it? Am I not? But I mean, I guess that's just okay. All right, fair enough. I thought you meant it was in the movie. I thought it was too. Okay, but I was wrong. It was in an episode. That's impressive. All right, I'll give it that to is you. Pretty well done. I'm not well trying. Done. To, I'm not trying to be impress anybody. I just for some reason I remember. <laughs> no, we're gonna that. give it to you, and, and you're gonna take around. it. Okay, I'll take it. 
I'm glad you brought it around. Nice. Right. Well done. I'm just making sure I'm not crazy. That's yep. all. Good job. And you probably saved us from no comments about how we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not that different. Right off the bat, Galvatron is very cocky. Uh, some of the lines are a little bit different. He says, listen to me or suffer the consequences. And Unicron says, aren't we getting pompous? Oh, that's what he says. Oh. Galvatron struggles with the Matrix, gets a big shock, though, as he's struggling oh. with the Matrix. Yeah. That would have been a cool like little component. Ah. Yeah. We talk about scale. And again, if he'd have practiced that on the way over to Unicron, just maybe he would have known. You know, this isn't going to work. Ooh, uh, I'll just go <laughs> give this back to the Autobots. Yeah. <laughs> or just or give, him, or give Unicron the Matrix. Right. Yeah. I would like, he just what I did it at him. Now. Here you go. I'm out of here. <laughs> Uh, talk about scale. The script mentions the transformation of Unicron's head is the first thing that we see transform in this version of the script. It like pops out of the planet. <laughs> I hate it. I yeah. hate that shit. I don't like that. And the script mentions that Galvatron is maybe the size. I like this. It says it's maybe the size <laughs> of a single tooth on the horrible head that we see before us. So it's okay. All right. And I think that plays out as we go further into the transformation and get more, you know, shots mm-hmm. and comparisons. So that's mine. Ryan. Okay. Um, I'm just going to read this because it's pretty different. Like, I'm just, in it, it's pretty different than um, the way that it is in this movie. Because if you remember uh, in this version of the script, Unicron is a like an almost organic planet with grass and trees and stuff. Ingestor. Ingestor. And victory. Um, we are. We cut to a long shot of Unicron as the slurping and sighing is heard murmuring in the background. Slurping and sighing. Yep. Mm. The cold soda... Sounds like APDC after well, dark. Well, you know what episode is next? Uh-oh. You know what number it is? 69. <laughs> so you know what's going to have to go at the end of that one. Call back to Bill and Ted. <laughs> I guess. You do guess, and you will guess. And you'll be right. <laughs> the, the soda straw is no longer present. Galvatron flies into scene. Hear me, Ingester. I demand an audience at once. We follow Galvatron down through swirling clouds and once again lands on the hellish swaying tree trunk and grass area, which is even fatter and more ominous and shiny this time. Demand, Galvatron. You demand my attentiveness. <laughs> Which is a weird line. Uh, Galvatron lands and sneakily slips a large bomb carton out and snaps it into place on the ground area and shoves grass over it to conceal it. (laughs) Talking all the while. Which I guess at this point we don't know that Unicron is the planet because I'm like, wouldn't he feel that? But that's weird. It doesn't matter because it comes into play in just a second. Uh... And Gavatron says, my, my, accomplishments, my, my accomplishments have made me bold and jester. I have delivered vast scores of energy to you. Even the sacred moons of my home planet have served your hunger. Carton planted complete, he straightens up and parades boastfully. And now I have come to report the extermination of Autobot resistance. And, Gal- and uh, Galvatron continues, Therefore I now ask for it. <laughs> this is not the boldest statement. Therefore I now ask for an end to our agreement. <laughs> It's so much dialogue. So in you love one, dialogue. I know, but in this but, one, he's not but, necessarily planning a devious thing. Yes, yet. he is. He planted a bomb. Oh, you know, I really quick. Yeah, I will have to say that my favorite movie of all time, The Road Warrior, uh-huh. has Almost very no dialogue. little dialogue. So I might have to reevaluate. <laughs> but it I, is long and plotty. I don't. Th- I think you. Just, it is right. I think you just like complicated movies. I don't know. 
I don't know how. Anyway, this is not. We Maybe don't have to so. relitigate this. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, and Jester laughs, and the force of it whips the grass and tree trunks. It causes lightning flashes and thunder, which rocks the surface. And he says, "Never draw mine for eternity." Galvatron sarcastically. Then prepare to meet your destiny, you bloated, gluttonous planet, master. Is that what he says? Yeah. Wait a minute. He Which is not that. sarcasm. You bloated, gluttonous planet, master. Yeah, okay. He says exactly that. Right. It's not. That's not sarcasm, though. I don't know how that would be sarcastic. Planet but, master. And then he points to and says, I have set an enhanced thermocharge. When I detonate it, it will burrow into the core of this world and destroy it. And you, whoever you are, now taste my wrath. Which has hmm. stayed through all of the... Uh, oh, this, yeah, this is way off. The bomb sizzles and glows and erupts in a white-hot cascade of froth like white lava, which eats swiftly down into the surface, leaving a widening borehole from which white-hot lava spurts and causes the surface to undulate and, gro- and glow. It's like his blood is lava? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that, yeah. And the wild winds and lightning effects now whipping the grass and tree trunks, and then the ghostly voice says, <sighs> At last... The final bit of energy which will at last unlock me from my slumber. At last! You at s- last! Free! You sound like a Muppet. I know, it went into a we- <laughs> That voice is hard to do. I felt my vocal cords starting to get tired, and so I had to switch it up a little bit. is for cookie. <laughs> for me. I was getting more of an animal vibe. Oh, really? Yeah, was, it's all point taken. Galvatron reacts with growing terror as beneath him the, rock, the, the rocks shift and the landscape starts rising and undulating like a new mountain range and as the grass waves rippling we pull back Galvatron grabs a tree trunk and holds on for his life and keeps pulling back and we zoom away to reveal rippling muscles beneath the surface of the planet of Unicron as those muscle contour and flex and swell out and away from the spherical form we change to a horizontal angle on Unicron and it swells and a smooth pale moon starts to arise from the surface only it's not a moon it's the huge brow and then the eyebrows of a colossal robot head Whoa. So, so wait, his head is separate from his body? No, it's just rising out like a moon. Oh, I see. Huh. Um, yeah. I will skip a little bit of this. There's a jaw, like, <laughs> um, a jaw bone comes into frame, and then essentially it is kind of the same where he just, like, shakes off the organic parts of the planet. Um, although there is, like, still hair on like the Like a wet dog? Well... There are still organic, like the two other organic mechanisms bolted in place and rotating wildly as they iris, then the white of the creature's vast moon-sized eye. All He uses moon and continent a lot. Um, the living interacting separate but integrated parts, which are the planet itself! And they open to reveal, again, I don't think he understands how big things are, because he says a galaxy-sized robot, which is not possible, <laughs> but... Um, and then it recedes and bursts forth, and then a hand and a continent-sized arm following it and flexing into space. Remember, continent-sized arm. That will come back next week. So he's like, it just. I think he's using words that mean big, but he's very he needs wildly. More. He's he got needs more. Yeah, words he's, he's that got mean his, big. He's obviously got his thesaurus out. He's. <laughs> I don't think he does because I don't think he knows how big it's a galaxy a or a continent or is. Continent size. Yeah. You know, like this makes me think. Like, that's amazing. This has got to be what we're, we're looking like, at. This is a, what, a 2014 Unicron illustration. That's fucking awesome. From Transformers the movie concept art. For yeah. God. And and, th- and this is very different from what we see on screen, but it, it, it lines up with kind sure. of. I see him shaking off his yeah. his uh, organic form. Like yeah. he's more muscular. You can see yeah. like his his muscleness. Yeah, we got to post that because yeah. that's exactly in that line with what Ryan's I'll, talking I'll, about. I'll send right that. Now. Put that out on Twitter whenever we do it. 
And, and, yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to save it. I've got some stuff to talk about floral dairy art, but I have it aligned with the next episode. Right. So. Yep, that's the end of uh, that minute in the script. In my version of the script... It's uh, a lot more clear about the fate of Shockwave. Uh, he does deliver the line, we're under attack, scramble. But then the script mentions that we, uh, we see <laughs> scramble. That wasn't good. <laughs> Get down. Get to the drama. The script then mentions that we see from Shockwave's point of view, he's looking out his tower window, perhaps that tower window from the beginning of the movie that we saw him in, mm-hmm. and uh, Unicron's hand reaches out towards the window, grabs it, and squeezes. The walls around Shockwave crash in. The shot changes to a space shot. We see Unicron tear the tower off and crush it. So while uh, the script doesn't say he is dead, it does seem that he probably It Im- heavily implies be. it. And uh, that's really the only major difference between mine and what we see on screen. So, Ryan, you want to take um, it away? Mine is similar in that vein um, only. Um, so, basically, uh, this one we are on Galvatron um, as the surface which he stands on tilts violently, moves up vertically, knocking him backwards, and we cut to like a scene of, or we're pulled back from Galvat- or from Unicron's hand, which is where Galvatron is sitting, and it says that he is the size of a flea mm. on the back of Ingester's hand, um, which is a problem. Because, I mean, that's not much larger than movie Unicron. Um, like, I can see a flea on my arm, and I can't see a human from a satellite image. And so, I mean, he's not clearly, he cannot have a continent-sized arm. I don't know why I find such a problem in this. I thought we weren't going we to get into scale. This but prescriptivism, it like it's just annoying to me. Anyway, uh, that's the last time I'll mention it. Um, in the same way, um, he flies toward... Um, Cybertron and Galvatron says, I have done as you wished. It was I who restored your mobility. Release me, noble ingester. Release me. And he's like, nah. Uh, Galvatron says, not Cybertron. Not my world. Which is kind of like, that's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we hear the san- sound. But he of- looks at it in a real ownership way. Sure. Not necessarily a nostalgic. That's where I was born and raised. He looks at it like. Yeah. Except, except Galvatron really wasn't born and that's raised true. there. Well, that's what, again, call back to, like, he definitely <laughs> remembers being Megatron. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, and then we cut to Cybertron, where Shockwave says, unprecedented life form approaching. Unprecedented? And, yeah, unprecedented. Prepare to repel unknown invader. Sirens and alarms sound as other Decepticons start preparing weapons, transforming to jet modes. Enormous shadow blots out the light, and Shockwave and others look off in horror, ad-libbing reactions of disbelief and shock. Investor flies into shot, then laughing, reaches down on the surface of Cybertron, dwarfing the planet by his immensity. As Ingester's huge hand reaches down, scraping buildings and weapons apart aside, oblivious to bursts of laser fire and cluster bombs which explode helplessly on his fingers, Ingester, <laughs> more energy, more. And that's where we'll stop for this minute. Excellent. I like where this is going. And I tend to go first because my version of the script is a little closer in to what we see on screen. A much later version, very Dilly-influenced. And Ryan's got the pure, uncut Ron Friedman uh, from way early. Uncircumcised in, in Friedman. It's totally flaccid, but 
the head is covered in and lots of details that we never rat. saw on screen. And uh, there's a little holdover from episode 69. <laughs> shout out to all my foreskin brothers out there. <laughs> Where are my foreskins at? So uh, the uh, <laughs> I wish you listeners could see Caleb's face right now. <laughs> what if you, they you, they showed Unicron's dick like in the same way that they showed? Well, they do in my family. Mr. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll include that on our Absolutely. commercialized version of the Freedman. That'll be a, the, the, the Freedman script. Freedman con, uh, illustrated. Strip. It's going to be a graphic book. novel mm-hmm. sponsored by IDW. Well, it's sponsored. I mean, they own the rights. Published by Distributed, IDW. Distributed, yeah. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> my script refers to the swarms of fighters as the, quote, buzzing of bees. So, that's, I feel like that kind of gives you You're like you the a buzzing of flies to him. Um... There is a part here where it speaks of a massive gun emplacement is being put into place to battle Unicron from the from the Cybertronian surface, but Unicron destroys it like immediately, grabs it, plucks it up out of the ground, crushes mm-hmm. it. Unicron angles his face so that as many lasers and rockets or whatever kind of projectile or explosive fire goes into his mouth. And Galvatron says at this point, stop feeding him, you fools. So that, as far as I've seen, is the only reference in this script to the ideas that are portrayed in Ryan's version of the Mm -hmm. script around just him sucking up whatever explosive energy around him comes. It ties back to him eating planets. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but in this case, sure. it's like firepower of like like rockets, explosions. Gotcha. Like, yeah. Gotcha. It's true. So that's really the only differences in mine. Right. Uh, okay. So if we remember, like this ends in basically the same plot place as the uh, previous minute where uh, Unicron slams his hand down, and um, we have another angle on Ingester's hand as he pulls an electrical mast up through the roof of Shockwave's laboratory, like pulling up a carrot. And with it comes sparking, electronically pulsing generators, power stations, floors of laboratory, and Shockwave, who is pinned by a finger to a wildly sparking section of the generator. Mm. And Shockwave screams, <laughs> And Ingester gleefully works his enormous mouth, bringing Shockwave and the electrical generator carrot to his mouth, <laughs> his teeth moving as he makes gluttonous noises. And he goes, Yeah, what's up, Doc? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Shockwave says, fight Decepticons or all is luck. And then Ingester shoves the carrot and Shockwave <laughs> in and starts chewing wolfishly, exhaling in a contented sigh. Um, and oh. the other Decepticons, in kind of the same way, Aaron, uh, have an, uh, uh, like a gun emplacement. Um, which, And then from this point, it is pretty much the same until um, we get to... This is where Cup and Hot Rod come into the battle. Okay, so uh, then we have an angle as Ingester bends down and bites a hunk out of Cybertron. Thundercracker, Skywarp, and their weapons in more buildings, which in this one, Thundercracker and Skywarp are still alive, uh, in that hunk, and he roars and shouts. And then basically, again, like I said, everything's the same, and then we see Hot Rod and Cup, and uh, this interaction's pretty much the same where he says, <clears throat> Doesn't this remind you of something? <clears throat> Not a thing in the eternal universe, lad. Not one inner John crunching thing. <laughs> I knew there had to be a first time. And then what? he says, battle stations! And then as the hatches open, the Dinobots start flying out along with the Junkions in space gear. The Junkions are transformed tricycles, which are Wait. like space sleds and rocket belts. Tricycles? 
I guess holding on to the like the road warrior thing where in the previous a couple episodes uh, ago they were uh, driving yeah. like the the battle Horse. trikes. I'm picturing them kind of like little chariots, but without horses attached to them. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some might say that's and what a tricycle is. Hot <laughs> Rod says, we're going on board that planet munching monster and see what makes him tick. And then Jester says, huh? <laughs> Who dares it? Wait. <clears throat> <sighs> Does interrupt Ingesta's repast. Repast means meal. Oh, wow. Or short, like, little snack. Uh, kicking mine off, uh, some of the main differences. The Junkion ship resists Unicron's attack, and the script actually mentions that it fires back. Uh, it says yeah. the Junkion ship fires back, but it also mentions that there's not really any damage that Unicron takes okay. from that attack. Um, at that point, Unicron actually grabs the Junkion ship and tears it in half. Fuck. And uh, the Junkions manage to come together. They that kind of like the scene that we do see on screen where those guys they're kind of welding and trying to fix things up real quick. Mm-hmm. That happens, and what ends up uh, becoming of it is that um, you end, both halves of the Junkion ship become two interdependent, fully functioning ships. So Whoa. I think that's kind oh, of cool. That is actually. really cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty cool twist. Um, Ultra Magnus and Perceptor, who are on that ship, they're amazed, and the latter of which, uh, Perceptor, exclaims, most unscientific, (laughs) but effective. (laughs) Scientific? I don't know what's unscientific about it. He totally needs a wedgie. So, uh, and and in my version of the squip, the squipped? (laughs) In my version of the squip, the the junkions, this is what they do. In my version, the Quintesson ship as well also fires on Unicron. And also, it is a beam from Unicron's eye rather than what we see on screen as his mouth that cuts the ship in half. (laughs) The cruiser rips through the eye socket and uh, smashes through several, uh, this is script language, through several, quote, electrical membranes that are, in fact, Unicron's brain. Hmm. The ship dumps off the Autobots with an angle on Hot Rod. He tumbles out of the rubbish and down a deep pit, which we can assume, according to the script, is a robotic sinus or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, I'm done for the night. Uh, Or something. Robotic sinus or something. Period. Carriage return. That's awesome. When the Autobots land, they are chased by dozens of hovering robots that look like floating bear traps. Cup calls them debugoids. So they're a thing I guess he's seen before. That are inside Unicron's. I've seen wife. something like this before. <laughs> so that is, yeah, that's the end of mine. All right. Oh, okay, Ryan, guys. kick it off with Yikes. the craziness. Oh, is our, should, is this going to be good? It's different. Okay. Uh, I will say up top, there's a little correction. I said last episode there was no Quintesson cruiser or Junkion ship because they were flying Junkion, uh, which they were flying the planet Junkion, but. Uh, I don't know, somewhere in between last episode script deviations and this one, the Quintesson cruiser and the Junkion ship both take off from the planet and fly toward Ingester. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, That'd be funny, they're flying the planet and they just, just got the cruiser, the, the Quintesson ship just stuck in it as they're flying around. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so Hot Rod, it's on the Quintesson. Like a passed out junkie with a needle in his arm. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Huh. <laughs> Junkion. Oh. So, and uh, at this point, um, the Quintesson ship, piloted by Hot Rod, flies toward Ingester, and we see him take a swat at it, and he says, "Defy me and perish." 
What? Defy me and perish. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Perceptor takes a scan of it and says, The creature's exterior plating is composed of antimatter filament. And then we're on another angle of Ingester's head and jaw as Hot Rod's cruiser flies between the head and the flailing arm. Posed for a blast between Ingester's cheek and hand. Ingester reacts. We see his eyes move to view this scene, and he quickly slaps his cheek, trying to squash the cruiser against his own face. But he misses, hitting himself as the cruiser darts okay. free. All right, pause for a second. Yeah. I do like the idea of them doing a scan and trying to find out more about it and giving Perceptor a role of sort of like an analysis. I don't like the execution of it in that No, it, script, it, it doesn't go like anywhere or mean anything. I do too. I hate the idea of Unicron slapping himself in the face like a fucking like three stooges. Yes. Or he's trying to slap, slap a bug that's bitten him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the oh eyeball, God. crashing through the eyeball was a good move. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, Hot Rod, he says we're going to take one pass and then fly right at it. And the Dinobots are also uh, flying next to the cruiser at this point. Oh. And then Rekgar is piloting the Junkion ship. And they all three groups of them, the Dinobots, the Quintesson cruiser, and the Junkion uh, ship are flying directly at Unicron. And right. Hot Rod says, one, two, three... And Jester reaches out to snatch the ships and the Dinobots, but then the cruiser, Junkion ship, and the Dinobots split into three-pronged assault. The cruiser zooming up toward Jester's head, Junkion ship zooming laterally into Jester's belt, and the Dinobots zooming down to Jester's foot. And Jester doesn't know which one to grab first, so he grabs nothing and bellows in fury. <laughs> He's just a big buffoon in this. The Dinobots near Gr the Ingester's foot, Grimlock, Slag, Sludge, and Swoop dive in formation, and then combine blasts of fire and laser, giving Ingester a mighty hot foot. Oh, good God. <laughs> but wouldn't he like that? Wouldn't he absorb that and turn it I into I think it, maybe he can only maybe absorb... grow bigger? I was, at that point, as he grabbed his foot, he's like, oh, oh, jumping up and <laughs> down. up and down. I, yes, because he raises his flaming foot and reaches down to put out the blaze. <laughs> oh, oh. Maybe he could have used that cold breath from his mouth to put it out. And then um, the Junkion ship gets over to his waist, and um, basically they they move away from the controls, and the Junkion troopers eject, whoosh out, ejecto by gum, and the line of Junkions come out and like grapple onto his waist at this point. And then as Ingester's uh, uh, Hotfoot is replaced by a shot to the gut, and he reacts, roars, and bends to feel the burning crash of the Junkion ship into his midsection. Whoo! And then Hot Rod. So does wait. So. They basically grappled onto the his waist and like crashed the ship into his. So they all hopped out of the ship. Yeah, grabbed it, created like sort of a mace sort of thing. But there, the the junkions themselves are the chain of this mace, and they swing the ship, kind of, which is the head of the mace. It's a little confusing, but that's what I got out of gut of okay. Mm -hmm. Sort of a. Kamikaze play, but <laughs> sort of not so much because they no. jumped out of the ship and anti kamikaze play. Yeah, and then reverse kamikaze. Oh my bad. That's right. Thank Please. You. Well, um, and then Hot Rod's cruiser approaches in Jester's ear, just beneath the horns, and he says, "Prepare for impact." As the cruiser screeches in, skidding and sliding, and stops in an odd angle, wedged in a convolution of Ingester's ear. Touchdown! Oh no. I think it's meant to be like touchdown, like but what it's touchdown with an exclamation point. So an ingester says, uh, like Tim Taylor. Hot Rod exits the cruiser with Daniel in the exosuit cup, Ultra Magnus, RC, Blur, and Perceptor. So they're all together here. And Cut Rod said Cut Rod. Hot Rod says, Keep him busy while I drop in. And RC says, Be careful! 
Hot Rod and RC as he pulls himself up, looks back and smiles at her. You too, beauty bot. Oh no. Mm, good stuff. So, and, and also for con- just a little bit of context from the previous uh, reading, mm-hmm. uh, Hot Rod at this point has already gained the mantle of leader of the Autobots. The Autobots kind of like basically said, you're the guy going forward. And he's like, I'll take it. They're at least following his orders, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, and then um, Springer runs up beside RC uh, and Daniel and says, if Hot Rod's going to have a chance, we got to keep this big Galutacron busy. Galutacron. Mm. And Blur, very fast, busy, busy, busy. He transforms, and this bumper is seen to be a bumper with a oh, flame yeah. nozzle. Where's Blur? Exactly. We There's a lot of where Blur. are these we, people. We haven't seen Blur in ages. I mean, I guess we saw him we on saw Junkion. We saw him on Junkion. That's the last time we see him yeah, until okay. the end. I forgot right. about Blur. Right. <laughs> At least they're all included in the yeah. script here. Uh, Blur takes off riding down the neck and across the chest of Ingester, spewing flame as he goes, scorching Ingester, who, in mid-reach to investigate his ear, reacts and travels off with Blur, and a, a furious roar starts slapping at his neck, chest, <laughs> and causing Blur to do, like... Slapping uh, at his what? Slapping at his neck and chest, chasing okay. Blur his like... His neck he, chest. Yeah, like, neck like he was some chest. kind of hopping mosquito, which is not a thing that's a thing. Yeah, that's where we'll end, right there. I like your notes. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I do have a note that says this is... Because it's just so slapsticky, like, literally... We're doing a script deviation here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're on a podcast. Um, and here's the thing. Everybody knows that my script that I follow is closer to what we see on screen, but generally I will point out if there's any particularly notable um, differences. And in, in Ryan's version are, are really crazy balls to the wall because it's an early script. Well, I've got nothing this episode. Oh. Everything was pretty much as it played out. or really? nothing, nothing exciting enough to mention. So Didn't you crash land in the last episode into the brain? And it was Yeah, but once they got in there, I pretty much followed suit. Okay. All right, so, uh, yeah, it's all you, man. All right, let's light it up and light it out. Um, uh, on the last one, um, if you remember, the Quintesson ship uh, with all Autobots on board crashed into Unicron's ear... And then um, Hot Rod... Like, would that have been the tip of the horn? It said underneath the horn. Underneath the horn, okay, yeah. Okay, all right. Which, there, yeah. Um, and then Hot Rod... Okay, on the script it says, uh, Hot Rod jumps into Ingester's Eustachian tube. Eustachian tube. Eustachian Thank you for pronouncing that. That's the tube that, that connects your ear to I know, but also I was like, fuck you, Friedman. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's also spelled incorrectly. <laughs> anyway, I just... I don't know why that irritated me i'm just like who are you trying to impress um he lands and surveys the scene and we show tunnels corridors it's all pretty much the same um but then we see a central a century robotoid guardian structures in this case clacking and advancing razor treads as though the floor surface were hinged like some flattened escalator which is i guess just a people mover and each step had a razor edge that was designed for drawing in and chewing up anything that walked on it. It starts eating its way toward Hot Rod. And I wrote, I don't understand any of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... I close my eyes a lot whenever you do these sequences so I can let my imagination bring it to life. And I've got nothing. Yeah, and we are, like, not unimaginative people. Like, we all three have some artistic talent. And I'm like, I can't picture what you're trying to describe, really. Mm-hmm. And it gets even worse because... Hot Rod grabs the spiral corridor structure from the wall and bends it into advancing razor treads so they chomp down on it and short-circuit themselves, stopping the razor tread action. 
Still. Circuit is also spelled wrong. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, he was at that point. He, I feel like he was on he, all the coke. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just, he's just free associating. Okay, it's and like, then it's this, like, this is like his naked lunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go cut back to Ingester as he reacts, slapping his hand to his ear with a growl, uh, and then we oh, are, you got that thing. Of course, call back to what we saw on screen. Okay, uh, Spr- and then we're on Springer, RC, and Daniel. Springer shoves them aside to clear the way for the upcoming hand. As Ingester's hand enters the shot and whacks the side of his head, and he says, "Yow." <laughs> R.C. is knocked down into the forest of tree trunk hairs on Jester's shoulder. The hair starts whipping and coiling, flailing her, binding her, strangling her. And she says, help! And um, Springer and Daniel leap off the surface before Ultra Magnus can respond. I'm like, oh yeah, Ultra Magnus is here. He's not in this movie anymore. <laughs> um, and they land beside R.C., who's trapped and struggling in the hair. Daniel grabs the hair and says, concentrating hair, think, think. <laughs> Grabs the hair by the bottom nearest ingester's skin. Using is he? Ex- I'm assuming he is in a suit at this yes, time. Yes, because he's okay, using gotcha, his exosuit gotcha. strength. Yanks the hair out. Mm-hmm. Ingester reacts with pain, shaking and reaching for the source of irritation. <laughs> and then um, RC says, "That was very brave." And Daniel says, ah, "A piece of carbon cake." Oh, come on. You don't have to start doing that, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut back to uh, he's Hot just Rod. Trying, he's just trying to fit in. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Cut back to Hot Rod inside and Jester um, dropping into an enormous chest cavity. Uh, and then the spark, like there are some white, quote-unquote, white cells swarming in to destroy the invader. I'm like, oh, there's the spiked balls. Mm-hmm. They look like giant spiked-covered versions of pollen magnified millions of times. Hot Rod battling them left and right with a rifle-like weapon, which I don't really know where that came from. This giant glitch must have a core somewhere around here. And that's where we'll stop. Okay. We haven't even... So he surmises there's like a big core central energy center that he they now need to get to. To destroy In him. order to like, yeah, finish him off. And I will say at this there. point, uh, uh, Galvatron is not inside Unicron at this point. He's still on the exterior of Unicron. Okay. All right. In this script. Very. There we go. I'm going to go first because my shit is basically, you know, one degree of separation away from... Your shit from, is basic. You're a basic bitch. I'm going to get that pumpkin spice. <laughs> so, at any rate, what's on screen is not too different. The, the Dinobots attack, but rather than using his hand to try and swat them away, he breathes fire at them. He being Unicron breathes mm-hmm. fire at them. And from inside Unicron, Daniel trips on what is described in the script as a maze of wiring. So in this okay. situation, he's running oh. down a flat surface hallway, and he just, oof. Yeah. But in this situation, he gets caught. And actually, uh, that has more bearing into the next minute. There will be more interesting script deviations based on that. But okay. for this one, that's all that really matters. So, Ryan, get into your early draft Ron Friedman Craziness. Okay, if you remember from last couple episodes, uh, as opposed to crashing through the eyeball, they have crashed the ship into Unicron's ear, <laughs> and the rest of the Autobots, is, uh, except for Hot Rod, are distracting Unicron. Blur is zipping around his chest, shooting flames, uh, and Unicron is trying to uh, attack him that way. Now we are on the Dinobots as they blast in Jester's knee, mm-hmm. and Grimlock says, more, give him more, and Ingester reacts and quickly snatches the Dinobots on his lee on slag and swoop. Ingester palm swats them against his shin, and they hang in his leg hairs on ar- or armored shin guards, sparking, and it seems dead. 
Which I'm like, why'd you write it seems? Only mostly dead? Are they not dead? I guess we'll find out later. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Unicron smiles, straightens up, and suddenly lashes his hands to his midsection. Retgar and Junkions are riding in Jester's belly, shooting and using grappling hooks on it as they react and look up their point of view in Jester's flattened hands coming at them. The screen goes black in a crunch and yelping sounds. And then we go over on Springer with R.C. and Daniels. He assists them up into in Jester's clavicle area. Okay. Springer. So there, that's a group of people that are still outside. The Junkion, everybody's outside but Hot Rod right now. Okay. And um, Springer says, he's getting sharper. Make yourselves moving targets. You d- Do you intentionally always do a John Wayne when you do Springer? I started doing okay? John Wayne for Ultra Magnus, <laughs> and then I started doing uh, Springer as um, as Harrison Ford, but then it, it, it got muddled, and so now it's just all okay. over the place. It's all John Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, then we go back to Hot Rod, and he is inside of Ingester, and he comes up to an opening and closing valve. The valve is like a mechanical valve in an artery, and Hot Rod, still swatting back the pollen-like white cells, turns and times his leaping. With a shout, he snaps through the huge valve opening, just getting inside before it snaps shut, keeping the white cells from following him. The area is filled with a catacomb-like gleaming cave and shadowed passages, and there's a humming, glowing series of drive shafts. And Hot Rod says, Getting closer. He starts as far off, as I know. I guess. And then he starts off warily and then steps on a tile. The tile depresses and creases as he steps on it and walks. And then in Jester, as he suddenly stops battling at Blur and straightens up sharply. Angle on Galvatron, who, if you remember, is in Unicron's eyebrow. You don't remember, because I didn't. <laughs> I've not heard that before. But Unicron, Galvatron is still in Unicron's eye, but he flipped him up there at some point. Okay. Um, and Jester's thumb and forefinger into the shot and flick him again. Galvatron says, Mercy! Have mercy! I beg of you! Which is an interesting mm-hmm. callback. Mm-hmm. And then Jester says, There's an intruder within my mechanism. Find him and destroy him and you shall live. Yes, noble Ingester. As you say! The word trails off as we see Ingester's finger prod Galvatron down into his eye, Galvatron slipping through the space between the rim of the eyelid and the eyeball itself into the corner of the eye, and Galvatron falls, writes himself, and lands in the entry core of Ingester's okay. chest cavity. <laughs> really? God damn. Why would he not just swallow him? Exactly. <laughs> right. That is the Ingester, weirdest decision. Ingester, when it's explained as a here, when it... When you are, he just uh, seems hollow. Well, he seems like outwardly like just a big fat hairy man. <laughs> yes, yes. And then, um, but essentially, Galvatron falls directly into where Hot Rod is and says, "An Autobot." And Hot Rod pauses to look up at the remaining area to climb. And Galvatron says, "He must be eliminated." And he scowls, eyes blazing with hate. And if I perish, he shall fall with me, Decepticons forever. And that's where we'll stop. Hmm. Interesting. What was the uh, Ingester call to arms? Uh, Ingester, Ingester and, and victory. victory. I can't. Why, why didn't he, he should have done that? Well, he just invented hmm. a new call to arms. Decepticons forever, which is what uh, uh, Ravage says in um, I think the season one of the season two episodes of Beast Wars, where uh, the we see the original arc with the. Uh, Autobots and Decepticons. <laughs> so, <laughs> just fucking staring at each other. 
<laughs> we haven't hit our stride yet. Yes. So um, come see us in Chicago, yes. <laughs> where we ha- don't get to edit that shit out. And we we got one shot, baby. <laughs> the, there's not a whole lot different. The, my script refers to the tsunami uh, as a quote river of flowing goo, which made me think of Ghostbusters too. Is it a river of slime? The script also articulates that Daniel is, in fact, in Unicron's stomach, a central processing area for food and energy. Yeah. And I think you can just pick that up from sure. context, I, I think guess. we get it. Although, at the very beginning of the movie, we see Unicron eat a planet and how it synthesizes it into energy was very different from this. Yeah, I can only assume it's completely different in robot mode. Mmm. Lemony. Burp. <laughs> Could have used some rosemary. All right. Other culinary jokes. (laughs) It goes on to say that uh, the energy that comes out from this process that we see on screen, it is emitted in the raw form of, quote, energon cubes. While solid materials are separated into component materials and plastics, they're all sent somewhere else in the assembly line. So Unicron recycles. (laughs) I feel like that's very progressive. It is. I feel like that's way late in the movie to just introduce a weird concept (laughs) like that. Like, that's not, put that in the beginning. That's not necessary. Yeah, yeah. The script also notes that it is Decepticon troopers, which are hanging from the cables, quote, like t-shirts at a dry cleaner. And mm. it, it is sure. back. So what we okay. see is our yeah. Decepticon. That's a good description of what we're looking at. Like yep. Better than the description I came up with earlier. I should have just stolen that and used it. Yep. So that's all, all for me. Okay, well, and this may be a first. I don't have any. What? There's nothing because this minute this? is not in my script. Because the only Autobot in in Unicron is Hot Rod. Ah, wow. So you you're basically your 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 script is picking up at a, at a later point. In, in Essentially, this minute you just excise it. Like basically, it goes straight from the last minute into mm-hmm. the next minute we're gonna watch. Wow. Well, wow, that's disappointing for everybody. Yeah. yeah so I thought instead we could talk about how we played the mystery of Convoy. <laughs> okay. Great. Great, let's do it. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Mystery of Convoy, Transformers Mystery of Convoy, is a Famicom, uh, which is the Japanese version of the Nintendo NES. And um, I bought it off, I bought the game off of eBay. And it's it was, called Mystery of Convoy? It's called Transformers Mystery of Convoy. I've... Convoy is the Japanese um, Optimus Prime. That's gotcha. his name in Japan. All right, thanks. Um, but yeah, and it is uh, oddly Ultra Magnus you play as, and um, it was no, it didn't have a U.S. release, but um, it, we got it and played it, and it is frustrating. Oh, I played that. Yes. Yeah. What are you talking? I just about? Said, I don't remember it call, being called Mystery of Convoy. It's a subset. Like yeah. you can read it. It's in English on the, on oh, the yeah. cartridge. That but, game sucked. Oh, I hated that game. There's a great uh, Angry Video Game Nerd episode about it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That game is terrible. It. There at no point do you ever feel like you can get it. I mean, you're never on top of it. <laughs> it's uh, it's the controls are so bad. The, it's very slippery. I mean, it's it's uh, the the enemy placement is intentionally uh, infuriating. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, the it's not fun. No, not even accidentally. The only thing that it's is fun, fun about me it to is to watch someone else play. The only thing that is fun about it is when you the first time you play it and you take that first hit one second after you start the yep. game. By the way, one hit kills you. Uh, and you take that hit and just die, and you're like, okay, 
<laughs> yeah. I see what I meant. Yeah, for. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and in that first stage, almost everything in it is white, including the enemies, so they camouflage into the background, in yep. addition to their shots being tiny white pellets that you can't see coming. That will that will get you even if you're kind of in the general area. Yeah, the hit detection is ridiculously yeah. slanted toward you getting destroyed and them not getting shot at all. Hey, can you crouch? You can't crouch yeah. at all. You can transform. <laughs> it takes like a second and it's a suicide, yeah. but... Actually, I found that transforming at the beginning of stage one helps you cruise past stage one a little bit faster because it's one of those games where the enemy fire is will be right over you if you transform but mm -hmm. but you can't really dodge it as well in robot mode and also it's one of those games where uh, the placement of the enemies is such that you can never shoot them anyway no like nope. they are exactly where they can't be you can, you'd have to jump in most cases to shoot them, but who, you can't even really control where you shoot when you Aside jump. from the boss fights, you might as well not even have a weapon. <laughs> like, it's still pointless. You just want to go balls to the wall. Thankfully, the stages are short, but I've never made it past stage two. You've made it two? Did you beat the boss? I, beat, I bought the boss in stage... Bought the boss. I beat the boss in stage one, but that's it. Who did you make it to a boss in stage two? Because the boss in stage one so. is nothing, right? It's like a you don't know. It's not anything recognizable as trans. It looks like a moon with like a glowing eyeball. In okay, it. all right. Yeah, and then that's another thing is like in apparently in the game, three of the bosses are just a Decepticon symbol. Megatron is a boss in he one, is, right? and then but Trypticon giant, right? is the final. Yeah, and okay. then Trypticon is the final boss. Starscream or anybody? A I boss? think Starscream's in it. But they're not like dynamic. They just stand there. They float in a sea of nothing, and you just shoot at them. Right. They don't even move. So it's one of the worst games, which I think oh, it's I think people awful. knew that it was uh, not good. Yeah, it's not even just not good. It's just like not even fun. It's so hard. Do you think it was another game that they just inserted Transformers characters? I in? don't know. It seems that way to me. I mean, it was easily like it okay. there's nothing in it. That seems transformery at all. Oh, it seems like you can fight the revenge. Oh, devil. Oh, oh the boss. Oh, those are the boss. Devastator's a boss? Hmm. No. Oh, Devil Star. I don't whoever, know what that whoever is. Whoever that is. Oh, that's the name of the moon. Okay. All right. So that's made up. Would that be like Unic? That would be kind of like Unicron? Except it's the first boss. Then there's a double Devil Star. Destron Mark. What, what year did this game come out? So the oh, the Nemesis. Okay, so it is the G1 Decepticon ship yeah. that apparently you have to fight. Then Minosaur. And Bruticus. Minosaur, Bruticus, Megatron, who is as big as Minosaur and Bruticus, and Trypticon, who is... About the same size. As <laughs> big as the giant Megatron. There's some miscellaneous art. Sorry, everybody. We have uncovered some art from the, <laughs> yeah. uh, from the game. It looks like you can play as Rodimus, Rodimus Prime. Prime. I think you have to beat it and collect all the, the letters to spell Rodimus. Okay, and actually they do have unique animation sprites for that. Kind so, of. So there's that. There are a <laughs> wide variety of uh, and, and energy sprites, and I'm kind of being sarcastic when I say that. <laughs> um, okay, all right, yeah, it was a it was a piece of what shit. Year, uh, sorry, Caleb, you asked what year it came out? I, yeah. What year is that? I'm going to guess 87. Mm. 86. 86. No, same year. December of 86. After the movie, yep. Slightly after. So if anybody has played this game and beat it, let us know. We'll <laughs> what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah trip so down uh, the worst game I've ever played. Mm -hmm. we played. And I think that is the worst. It's game I've ever pretty played. bad, yeah. It's barely a game. <laughs>
Well, that was a great um, And those were my script deviations. Yeah, that was a great substitution in place of your script deviations. I don't think it was. The game is oh. infuriating. Oh, <laughs> man. Me, Aaron, mine's a, a little closer into what we see on screen, but there are still some unique elements worth noting. And then, well, Ryan, he's got an early Friedman uncut raw <laughs> fever dream pure. I think it's like the animal the second energy. draft, yeah. And uh, and so he's got the crazy stuff. I'm gonna go first so that his crazy can. And hopefully last week he didn't even actually have. It's anything. true. So unprecedented do you have this week. Let's I do. Not, let's not let people down. I have some false expectations. Okay, so I'm gonna go first. And in my version of the script, uh, Daniel does not fire at a prop that's holding up the lid to the acid pit. Uh, rather, it's funny because. Uh, Caleb had said something earlier. What was it you said? Thinking, thinking, or thinking? Like Daniel's so, always like because he has to think about thinking, what the suit's going to do. Yeah. So in this version, he concentrates really hard in his suit, which creates a spark that grows longer and longer, what and he it? uses oh, it to no. fry the computer command soul right next to him. So oh. that kind of did it. It's kind of there. the console. But um, as he tries to fry it, Cliff Jumper <laughs> is. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody's doing Ryan, a little tinkle. Ryan's pouring, <laughs> Ryan's pouring a drink. As he tries to fry it, Cliff Jumper is dropped into the acid. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just like, I guess not enough Transformers or Autobots have died. Let's uh, one more. So but, Cliff but, Jumper's the unlucky Autobot. Right, exactly. Jesus and, and, Christ. And, Daniel keeps firing upon the computer console. Um, Daniel says he can't stop it, but finally that panel explodes. And right at that moment, Jazz, Bumblebee, and Spike are dropped in. Now, there's no lid on this thing. So when he explodes the console, the moment plays out kind of like what we saw on screen. There's a pause of like, uh, oh, did they make it or not? Uh, But the three are still alive. But rather than closing a lid on top of it, what he did was drain the pool, so to speak. And so you, the shot from overhead is meant to be like you're looking up inside the pool, and they're at the bottom, and it's drained, and they're a little steamy and all that kind of stuff. But they're not eaten by the. Well, now I'm just thinking like there's definitely like a half dissolved cliff Cliff jumper. Screaming at the bottom. Ah, Kill me. (laughs) Oh, kill me. So uh, that's the main difference in my version of the script, Ryan. What did what did old Ronnie Freed call say about this? Let's hear this. Let's hear this. Of course, he didn't have anything previous. I did not have anything on the last minute uh, because there is no like. Where did we leave off at the last minute? Well, it's uh, still Galvatron and Hot Rod fighting, basically inside of uh, Mm -hmm. Unicron. So uh, we'll recall that Hot Rod got in there through Unicron's ear. So I guess. So I guess you're picking back up with the fight. Yeah, because basically this is right after uh, uh, gotcha. Galvatron, like Unicron just swallowed Galvatron to go get Hot Rod. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we're down. And there's no other Transformers inside No other Transformers Unicron inside Unicron. At this point, okay. With this script deviation. That's right. And I, I will say I only have nine pages left of script to go. Wow. For the end of the end of How the long was this script? Uh, 179 pages. Holy Christ. Um, so, uh, Galvatron launches himself down on Hot Rod, who is stunned and rolls over the edge of Ingester's ribcage structure, grappling over with Galvatron. And then we cut back to Blur, who, if you remember, is, like, running around Unicron, shooting flames out of the back of his chassis. (laughs) Um, Blur shoots flames, moving down to Jester's chest toward the midsection. So, Jester's hand looms up behind him, and Perceptor says, Blur, look out behind you! 
as the hand covers the area with a loud smacking sound and the hand moves out of the shot and smashes the remains of Blur against his belt. Oh, wow. Which I'm like, God damn it. It's intense. <laughs> Christ. Then we're back to Hot Rod and Galvatron. Hot Rod and Galvatron rolling into shot hand-to-hand. Galvatron brings his knee into Hot Rod's chest, kicks him over, and then pulls a laser knife out of his boot, which again is very Megatron mm-hmm. from the, the, the early in the script. Hot Rod sidesteps that laser knife, and then he gives him a karate slice to the side of Galvatron's neck, spinning him around. Hmm. Yeah. That's right, Hot Rod gives a sharp right cross which sends Galvatron to one knee, and then he gives a sharp uppercut which makes Galvatron fall backward. Hot Rod leaps onto him! And that's where we'll end that that deviation. That already sounds way cooler than what we've seen on screen. Yeah. I like the boot knife. Yeah. It's kind of like, kind of like, um... What's it like? Well, like a boot knife kind of gets... Oh, fuck. What? Ah, no, go ahead. I was gonna say a, a bad. I was trying to figure out a better way of saying like you know some, a bad guy's gonna cheat and pull a boot. Well, I feel like out. yeah, that is a trope. Like I'm, tr- but I, I and but I'm sitting here struggling I myself. Nothing. Like what nothing. movies involve a boot, an unexpected boot knife situation? Yeah, I don't know. So I just forget about it. But we're gonna jump straight to Ryan because mine oh. played out pretty much as it did on screen. In fact, the only note that I have is that in that moment when the junkie on ship is being crushed. Uh, Retgar has a line, which was omitted, uh, where he says, ashes to ashes, junk to junk. That's weird. <laughs> and that's it. Ashes to ashes. Sounds like Yeah, because like, accepting that's a, his death. That's kind of a serious line for a, a jokey character. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's actually a pretty cool line. I don't like it. Mm. Ashes to ashes, death to death. Like, it's, there's no way to deliver it. <laughs> yeah, how he, all of a sudden he gets just like a, a, a Shakespearean type of voice, like out of nowhere. <laughs> it's junk to junk. Junk to junk is what I meant to say. My name is Wait, James are Mason. You are you Bill Cosby? James Mason. I'm James Mason. Also drunk. I'll talk about my deviations. This is Ryan. Um, this is a short one. I think this. Gosh, this is going to be a short episode. No, oh, no. Um, we're so we're still in Cyunicron with Galvatron and Hot Rod fighting each other. Galvatron. Uh, shoots his hand up between him and Hot Rod, his fingers clawing at Hot Rod's face, digging into his eyes. Hot Rod socks Galvatron twice, causing him to release his grip. Then Hot Rod grabs Galvatron by the shoulders and starts to snap him back against the wall. Galvatron, struggling, draws a blaster and fires. And here's where I'm like, does Friedman not know both Megatron and Galvatron have arm cannons? Because they both pull blasters. Mm -hmm. That's true. It just bugs me. I think at this point he's trying to make the scenes mirror each other as much as possible. I guess, yeah. There's but, an extent to that, but, but he's still wrong. Any, he never it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, Hot Rod winces as the blaster cuts the side of his face, scarring his cheek. He wipes the scar, then hurls himself on Gavatron, grabbing for him, getting only the bottle containing Optimus Prime's life spark, oh, which hangs yeah. around Galvatron's neck. Yeah, because in this one it's not a physical matrix. It's Optimus Prime in a stupid bottle, like a goddamn butter, like a goddamn firefly. That's right. And the chain holding the bottle does not break, so Galvatron is pulled up short, and Hot Rod holds him in the bo- and the bottle. And that's where we'll stop for that minute. Hmm. This is interesting. Even these deviations are getting uh, shorter. Yeah. Eight more pages. All right. And the last page is only about half. So, in my version of the script, Hot Rod's transformation begins during the grappling match with Galvatron. So, he starts actually 
kind of growing while he is grappling, grappling and has his hands on the matrix. And he does it as he's almost dead, but his hand still grasps the matrix from his chest. The matrix lights up, and then it says that Hot Rod grows at an alarming rate. Age shows on his face. Alarming! He's stronger and wiser. And they what? Just, yeah, they just kind of omit the separation of them. So he just becomes Rodimus Prime while he's fighting with Galvatron. And they don't really make a big like moment of him separating from them. Sorry, that wasn't very interesting the way I presented that. That's okay. That. No, yeah. I'm Cut listening. that right out. Um, no, no. I'm the, this script does clarify that he throws Galvatron through Unicron's side. Mm-hmm. And um, he sticks his hand in the Matrix. We saw that it, the way it, it mentions the way he puts his hand in the Matrix. And then it also refers back to the, the Ultra Magnus shock that he got, you may recall. Because he's not meant to open it. He did not get the like, shock. OMG. He did not get the shock. Um, and this is a little bit into the next minute, but I don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. The, this is just a great line from the script. It says, Then, like pulling the pin on a hand grenade, he unleashes the spiritual equivalent of a bomb. That's weird. That's a, weird <laughs> That's a weirdly phrase. Yeah, that doesn't work, but whatever. <laughs> I like it. All right. I think it works. I just like it. I would have said atom bomb. Like a big, like a bomb can be big or small. I would say like an atom bomb. But why not a hydrogen bomb? What? Sure. (laughs) Sure. But isn't a hydrogen bomb just a bitter atom bomb? No, it's not actually. Fuck! I don't know anything. They're different. It's 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 a fusion bomb, as opposed to a fission bomb. It's much more powerful than an atom bomb, and they function differently. They're completely different destructive weapons. They are, and actually, they pretty much use an atom bomb to To trigger. A hydrogen, hydrogen bomb. bomb, yeah, okay. which is fucking badass. Imagine, imagine a hydrogen. Basically, the analogy, the imagine for a hydrogen bomb is taking a piece of the sun and putting it on the surface right. of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, weirdly, not as much fallout with a hydrogen bomb. No. Sweet. Yep. 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 Let's drop more of them. Yep. Ryan, uh, what's in your script? Okay, this one's a little lengthy um, this minute, and it it jumps around for the next couple of episodes, so I've kind of just arbitrarily cut it off, because Galvatron's in the next couple of um, episodes I'm going to read about, but uh, because it's pretty different. Um, So if you remember, uh, whenever we left off in episode 76, um, basically Hot Rod and Galvatron are grappling, and instead of a physical matrix, there is the, (laughs) he's wearing, Galvatron is wearing a bottle with Optimus Prime's, like, little life spark spark essence inside Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so they're grappling, and Hot Rod says, I've been waiting for this, I... We, it's a weird line. Um, we see a small life spark of Optimus Prime, and it starts to glow and pulse. Hot Rod, it's it's the life spark of Optimus Prime. And then, as the glow of the life spark illuminates his face, you hear the voiceover of Optimus Prime. You have put behind you the ways of childhood. Be the Autobot you were created. That's my Galvatron voice. <laughs> be the be the Autobot you were created to be. And then he is bathed in the glow of electrical effect playing on his form. An Optimus voiceover, stand for the light, rise, Rodimus Prime. And then Galvatron falls as Hot Rod drops him and stands the full glowing light and changes the mature form of Rodimus Prime. Mature in appearance now, he feels his face. <laughs> it's got stubble. Yeah. yeah. And um, his voice Check is... his pubes. Yeah. He looks in his pants. <gasps> Oh my oh, gosh! Shit. <laughs> it's a big my moment. My John piece. <laughs> and then he is—he uh, his voice is deeper and resonant. 
I am Rodimus Prime now, which is a less than stellar line. Yeah. <laughs> and then Galvatron, furious with a blaster in his hand, and clearly, okay, there's Galvatron has no arm cannon, apparently, because he keeps using blasters and knives, yeah. and it's never mentioned that he has an arm cannon. Anyway, yeah. furious, blaster in hand. What good is a name to a dead Autobot? Which is a great line. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And then the bla- uh, he fires at Rodimus, and the blast drives him back, and Galvatron throws himself on him, kicking, clawing, rolling over, and breaking through transparent tissue-like membrane. Ah, yes, because of the ingesters. Cut. Yeah, falling into a cavernous space filled with gushing acid geysers and rivers. Nice. And uh, we go p- pull out to Ingester, where, as with a roar, he plucks Grimlock and Sludge off his leg, holds them aloft, trapping and squirming, says, Parasites! Arrgh! Throws them aside, crumping, cr- crumping, crumpled and bellowing. And then we're on Daniel R.C. and Ultra Magnus on the horn of Ingester, as they cling to the base of it, trying to keep behind it so that he can't see them. I don't know how he'd see him if they're on his head, <laughs> but... <laughs> Ultra Magnus says, he's too powerful. Unless Hot Rod can do something, I'm afraid we're finished. Ingester roars and turns back to Cybertron. And then we cut back to inside to Ingester where basically Galvatron and Hot Rod are fighting. And then they roll into a cavern where the moons of Cybertron hang in webbing as though webbed over in the digestion process. Also, there are space vehicles in various stages of decomposition, robots, planets, etc., etc., etc. weird. Yeah. And uh, Galvatron says, You're mine now, Rodimus Prime. And then as the stagger dizzy, Rodimus falls back against the wall. Galvatron looms over him with a sharp shard of broken metal in his two hands like a broadsword, which he's ready to drive into Rodimus's chest. Farewell! And he races for the death blow, but then he looks up at Jazz and Cliffjumper on the edge of their escape module, which is, uh, I guess, in some of the webbing that's up there. And then... Um, Jazz and Clifftrooper blast at Galvatron with their sidearms, and Jazz shouts down, Nail the sucker rod, baby! We're with you! Wow! I don't know why I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but it just... It, it, no, you don't need to. No. <laughs> Galvatron... I don't like that part, because it really takes the, um, like the ownership of... Well, that, but it also takes the ownership of beating Galvatron away from Rodimus. Like, yeah. he has to be rescued, basically. And then he fall, Galvatron falls back to get out of the way of the blasters, and as he does, Rodimus regains his feet and comes at him, starts clobbering Galvatron, driving him back with punch after punch, and he says, My turn! Then Galvatron reels back and collapses against the wall, and sa- and then as he is uh, at Rodimus's um, mercy, he's, Galvatron says, Wait, would you extinguish me without knowing my name? A brief beat, eyes narrowing triumphantly. My true name is Megatron! Oh, what is this like a reveal? Yeah. Oh, oh they. Like, I they, guess. But then I mean, it, the viewer knows. Yeah. So it's a weird reveal to Rodimus. But yeah. then it occurred to me, man, the Autobots probably don't know Galvatron's Megatron in the movie, right. do they? Yeah. Huh. No reason. Oh, except for he says first Prime, now Ultra Magnus. Like he I guess that's kind true. Of gloats to being that's true. behind all of their yeah issues. I'm gonna stop right there. Okay. Interesting. Good one. That um, uh, description of the webbing and the stuff in the webbing mm-hmm. makes me think of when people cut open sharks and alligators or anacondas and find dead bodies and license plates. And <laughs> Does it? That's happened. Yeah. yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah it's like every week. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I don't know what week doesn't go by, but he's not <laughs> cutting open an anaconda and finding a baby and a Wyoming license plate. Yeah. 
I feel like you've just watched Jaws recently. <laughs> I feel like this is a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Uh, bull sharks, I think, in particular, are like the like garbage scows of the sea. They'll just swallow anything, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for backing me up. I don't know up. who's nope. gutting all these fucking reptiles <laughs> no, and fish. And that part was apparently watching it all the time. All the time. It is creepy. It. Every now and again, you'll see... Uh, you'll come across a video as I do. I don't. I don't come across. Of where an anaconda has like swallowed a kid or something. And you can see the, the, the stretched out humanoid uh, form inside the snake. Just like you can see the dick inside. Like I, no, no, the I'm not liking any of this <laughs> at all. I try to remember what that subreddit is called. It's called... Uh, There's a, uh, uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, just trolling YouTube for vivisection of animals hoping to find a baby. <laughs> Good lord. I'm around a while. <laughs> right. So um, I will go ahead and go first. I don't have much. According to my script... Unicron was holding on to the Junkion ship this whole time. Oh. Like, uh, like he was holding on to it until after the Matrix was unleashed, and that's what caused him to let it go. So I guess he was okay. just, like, grrr, crushing it with two <laughs> hands, it. and then finally, like, the Matrix goes off, and he's like, ah, and lets it go. <laughs> uh, and, what? <laughs> um, this isn't really a deviation so much. Uh, I just like this description. Um, it says that uh, Unicron, this is a description of Unicron in space. Unicron writhes in space, tearing himself apart, ripping off a leg and sending out sparks like a Roman candle. Well, he did do that. And also, it like is... Like a hand grenade. Uh, <laughs> Pulling a pin on a hand grenade. Yeah. And also, it is... I think I might have this as a deviation to the next minute. It's written as though Unicron's hand... When it was, we see him ripping open his guts. Right. Yeah. In this version of the script, the hand goes inside the body to chase after them. So he's what? like sticking his arm. How's that, how's that make you feel, Ryan? He's like fisting Ugh. himself and it's, following, and like, and it's like the, it talks wicked. about the hand going down interior corridors and ultimately up into his own head, and he's what? tearing out pieces of his own brain. I, that uh, is. So insane. I uh, I kind of like that, even though it's bonkers. I do not care for it. <laughs> so that's all I've got. That's make... Oh my god, that makes none of the sense. <laughs> I, I would hope Woo! that he, his hand comes out of his mouth. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. Like, what is his hand? A serpent? How is it going through all these rooms? Yeah. <laughs> Unless he tore his arm <laughs> off. And jammed it in there. And jammed it in there. Just let it live its own life. Like... Like oh, Army of Darkness or not, uh, like Evil Dead 2. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. Well, if you remember from our last episode, um, they still the Hot Run and Galvatron were still fighting, and um, Galvatron uh, has revealed himself to be Megatron, which, by the way, goes fucking nowhere. There's no <laughs> point to it at all. Um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I guess just to shock Rodimus, because uh, Galvatron seizes Rodimus's throat in his hands, but Rodimus slips his arms inside Galvatron's grasp and flicks them apart, and in so doing, breaks the chain holding the bottle containing Optimus Prime's life spark, which flies away. It strikes. You can a... never break the chain, by the way. <laughs> what is Sorry, that? Is that it's, a song? It's a Fleetwood Mac song. I, uh, Thanks for letting me put that in there. Music's yeah, great. You didn't really have a choice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Optimus Prime's bottle flies out and a pulsing uh, hits a hits the wall. Basically, and a pulsing glow starts expanding into concentric outlines of light. And this is another Optimus Prime voiceover. This evil must be expunged. 
The goodness of the universe must survive. And then we go to um, Ingester's face as it contorts wildly in a spasm of ticks and his eyes and mouth, his expression of control as he writhes. No, my hunger has not been satisfied. <laughs> my voices are so inconsistent on these. <laughs> no. There you go. My hunger has not been satisfied. Okay. And then he said, some differentiation. Well done. And then he's writhing in space, tearing himself to pieces, grasps a foot and wrenches it off. So that makes it through all the way. Then a leg, toes, some fingers. He claws at his eyes, his neck, tearing away huge portions of his chest muscles, exposing bones and wire veins. That reminds me of that scene in the original Poltergeist. where oh, the, the guy, guy tears has his like face a hallucination off? of tearing his own face off. Guess what? Yeah. That fucked me up yeah, for a that, while. <laughs> I saw that movie. I had to have been six or seven. Mm-hmm. That is not a movie a six or seven no. year old should watch. And they, that straight up was just on network TV. <laughs> just like let that through. Yeah. But don't show a boob. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucked up scene. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So, shredding his side, flaying his male skin, scattering Autobots and Junkions that were clinging to him. On Grimlock, as he flies back and into Sludge, who is battered but alive, the two helping each other, limping through space, which I don't know how you do. You limp through, you know, you limp along <laughs> through space. I just like the idea of them, like, yeah, like, crunch, crutching through space. And then Ultramagnus says, uh, uh, he's overheating, he'll explode any astrosecond. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Cup says, Hot Rod, he's still inside. And then we're on Hot Rod and Galvatron again, where the interior is shaking, breaking apart debris, planets, ships at all are falling as light of expanding Optimus Prime life spark makes, pla- makes, pl- hmm, makes place brightly lit. White hot. <laughs> so he was very drunk at this point of the screen. <laughs> he's like almost, he's in the, he's in the home stretch. Exactly. He's, like, he's like, I've got three pages to go, bitch. I gotta get that cocaine. <laughs> we can't feel bad when we find out that Ron Friedman has been in recovery yes. since 1972. <laughs> Absolutely. He was stone sober when he wrote this. And then we um, we cut to, or don't cut to, but we're still inside there, and, and we're on Jazz and Cliff Jumper, and Jazz gets back into the space escape module. It's gonna blow! Got to! As the light bores a white-hot spot in which suddenly explodes, blowing Galvatron out of it, along with debris and Jazz and Cliff Jumper's module. And then we're back, <laughs> Galvatron says, Yo! Whirling into space. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we're back outside uh, uh, with RC Daniel and Perceptor. Perceptor helps a battered blur, which straight up oh, hey, got Perceptor. smashed. Hi, Perceptor. Yeah, Perceptor's back. Okay. Ultramagnus, we got. How did Blur get smashed? Uh, he was, remember, driving around um, uh, in Jester's chest, shooting flames okay. out of the back okay. of him and just okay. slapped him. <laughs> Um, and then Ultramagnus says, We've got to get beyond range of detonation. And RC says, But Hot Rod. And Daniel says, He'd want you to survive. <laughs> Which is a weird adult line yeah. for a child to speak. <sighs> and then, and Jester now vibrating and swelling, shreds the body off into space as he shakes himself hotter, 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 swelling, more blowing holes, popping debris out of his face all around him. Swelling, exactly. And then he says, Grah! And that's where we'll end. Grah! Thank you. Perfect. Wow. Uh, this, uh, hearing this version of the script... 
Uh, one way it is certainly superior to what we see on screen is that this movie obviously does a great job of introducing a lot of new characters and kind of bringing you through the motions and getting to know them, but three quarters of the way in just abandons them. It's true, except it for Hot like, Rod and Cup, basically. Yeah, and, and, and even really, them, the Cup is out of there too at a certain point. But <laughs> once you leave uh, Junkie on, you don't care about Cup anymore. Yeah. Or really, Quintessa, but... yeah. But and I get it. You got to focus on Hot Rod as the main growth yeah. character. But it just does feel like, especially like Ultra Magnus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I Absolutely. feel like there's some kind of like I don't know if redemption is the right word, but there's a story think, to be unpacked. I think blur, there. blur is the strangest one to me. Like I don't even know why he was a character. in the movie. He yeah. had no. He, he had zero a, value. Yeah. Other than to be just be another person that ditches Daniel when the goings yeah, get rough. Right. Really, after in the movie. After Junkie on, Ultra Magnus is completely superfluous. Like, he's meaningless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, well. That's how it goes. I, I feel... I can't remember if we... I don't think we addressed it in the last minute where you... I think you had a point about, like, where you thought the fight between Galvatron and, and, and Herodimus was not as epic as it should have been. Right. I thought that's where you were going with, with this script, where it's a pretty epic yeah. ending. Yeah. It is actually... I, I, I That popped in my head where, like, their fight seems a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't like the thing from last episode where he got helped out. Yeah. Either, but other than that, it's it true. Was a good, it was yeah. a good fight. So, uh, this is Aaron speaking, and uh, typically I go first because my... And foremost. And my deviations are a little more recent script to it's a little closer into what we see on screen ryan's is a very early draft and is generally nuts yeah but ride, ride the snake to but the <laughs> this one may give his a run for Ooh, his money shit. and actually nope it won't because oh. <laughs> because it's just a rehashing of what i talked about last time oh. uh you'll recall i maybe i've got some addendums sorry it this does. Well, this, I think I think, I'm on medication. That's wrong. I don't know. I where really it. am on medication. I know. <laughs> Last time you'll recall, in my version, everyone regroups and transforms, and the humans hop in. What I assume is Jazz, but it doesn't really say, and they race up a tunnel. This is before Hot Rod is regrouped with them. Okay. And. Unicron's hand is chasing them through this tunnel. (laughs) Right. We referred to that last time. Yes, yes. So Unicron's hand is chasing them up this tunnel. Uh, The script describes him pulling apart what we know must be pieces of his brain. So they get to the head. He's pulling apart his brain. They come to a dead end, which is the back of Unicron's good eye. The hand is still coming after them. And this is when Rodimus shows up. Quote, an unbelievably fast and powerful robot races towards the Autobots. And everybody's like, yeah. And then it makes a note that he transforms into truck mode. And then the other Autobots also transform and Daniel and Spike jump into him. So they were in vehicle mode, being chased by this hand. They get up to behind the eyeball. I guess retransform into robot mode, and then Daniel and Spike are like, "We want to ride with you now." What? In the okay. same way, my youngest stepdaughter is like, if I'm in two cars, she always is like, "I'm gonna ride with mom." Yeah, because okay. you're a horrible person. Because it's, it's her mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this it doesn't mean like I, can, doesn't mean I can't take it. That is upsetting to you. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway. Uh, uh, so they wanna, jump into him, and then wanna, we all. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to, like, like switch it up on her, you'd be like, "No, 
I want to ride with Norma. And you get in the car and you give her the keys. And, and just being, walk away. <laughs> yeah. See what she does. All right. So, uh, and then basically everything else that plays out how we saw it on screen. Um, I do like this one uh, bit of uh, script language. The energy that kills Unicron is referred to as the, quote, Autobot essence. Okay. Which is both stimulating bathed, bathed, and a good name for cologne. And as we said, that was, that's bathed, what I thought bathed, of too. Bathed, bathed in the Matrix essence. I mean, is that what it, or was it? What was it called earlier? Like, oh, did you say that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just deviation. basically, just Matrix energy. Bathed, yeah. bathed. I took a bath in Matrix Matrix energy, and then I. My skin uh, is so much softer. Yeah, and then I, and then I exfoliated then I, and with and Autobot made, with <laughs> Autobot essence. Whatever. Go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> That sounds like what Cup was pulling out of his crotch. Yeah, auto, Autobot Essence. It's Autobot Essence, Rod. Yeah. Bah, we've got it. Uh, we... <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Okay. I'm not taking this anywhere. Okay, so we are inside in Jester, and he is, um, as last episode, he is writhing and being destroyed uh, by the, uh, the spark that is Optimus. And... Hot Rod or uh, Rodimus Prime inside Ingester's stomach cavity as debris rains all around him and he straightens up to fly off, pausing as he hears moaning and cries for help from a great distance and looks up to the moons of Cybertron as they spin and shake and webbing near the top corner of the vast stomach cavern. Like they're in whole pieces, they've been ground it, down. No, to it must rock, be. It must be. Chunks. It must be a very big cavern. Absolutely, <laughs> and he says the third and fifth moons of Cybertron, which is spelled. T H R I D. So he's he's, he's all messed. so he's so bad. He's in so much drunk. Um, and then Hot Rod flies toward the moons. Well, apparently, the Autobots can fly now. So he flies toward the moons. Beyond the moons, we see the fabric of Jester's body swell. Uh, shell is torn, showing white light and space around it. Must free those moons before it's too late. Oh, I see. Now they've, they've got to get these moons free. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's that last minute, 90 seconds till everything explodes. Got it. There's probably get, a trope behind that. Get those moons out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we <laughs> basically hot rod. I mean, it doesn't matter. He frees the moons. It's, <laughs> it doesn't make any difference how. But how does he like... Get a sword and cut right, webbing from all around the he, hundreds of miles of he, diameter of he, what these moons are. Does he are? Put a, push him out of Unicron's butthole? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought, thought that was funny. Crude. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Grow up. Yeah, sorry. Come on. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, okay, well, he's... <laughs> He uh, as he flies toward the fabric of Jester's body, swell where the corner remains intact, holding moons inside, preventing their escape through the tears in the fabric. Ha, uh, Rodimus Prime aims his blaster jets, whatever those are, at that holding corner, melting it, tearing it. So hope that paid off for everybody. <laughs> um, and he breaks through the corner of the that fabric. Is not satisfying. No. I know. All right. He breaks through the corner of the fabric of Ingester's body shell, explodes, hurling the moons, moons outward. The moons sweep out and then are caught and pulled back into orbit, which is not How convenient. possible, really. Uh, you even wrote, okay, so that's not so impossible. So that's just so impossible. Oh, yeah. That's just so impossible. Uh, Ultra Magnus, the moons, and the, the moons and the Autobots on they... No. no, no. He says the moon and the Autobots on the are saved. He's obviously <laughs> sleep deprived at this point. <laughs> it's, he's like, I'm so close to the end. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Friedman. In Jester, as he suddenly glows white all over, smoke and vibration shaking the heavens, body parts disintegrating. Optimus Prime voiceover 
so shall all evil end. Farewell. Farewell. All right. uh, Optimus Prime's glowing and now enormous life spark image shimmers out of a swollen writhing ingester and dissipates into a rainbow expanding effect which dissolves and then another angle on ingester as he incinerates and explodes in a blinding flash thing the silently burnt out shell of a carcass sailing silently in space I don't hate the Optimus Prime destruction of him but again we take it away from Rodimus like he did nothing oh so it was I couldn't. I guess I didn't pick that up. Like that. So Optimus Prime's literal spark is the thing that destroys Unicron. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember going back. Did was there any talk of the transformation of Hot Rod into Rodimus? There was. Yeah, he becomes a more mature version of him. Gotcha. But, but he doesn't put. The, does he put the little Optimus inside of himself? No, no. <laughs> and then it. there's that would have been awesome. No, basically he's uh, like saved by Jazz and Cliffjumper, and then um, Optimus kills Unicron. And, so. and I'm assuming that. Well, maybe we'll find out next episode that that ended. Uh, that's did that snuff Optimus's life spark? Is that what we're to believe? It'd be nice if we knew any more about it. excellent Uh, it kind of just ends spoilers the ending is very unsatisfying we're almost how many pages away are you I think we're like two pages left wow is is this the ghost guy coming out oh only 80 episodes (laughs) what's the order (laughs) (laughs) so script he's he's gotta do it There's not much different from what is uh, on my script versus what we see on screen. The only thing that's sort of different is that you kind of see Unicron's head orbiting Cybertron as Rodimus Prime emerges and gives his little speech. But from the head? No, not from the head. You kind of It seems like they indicate that you see that that uh, head is all, first, orbiting Cybertron yeah. before you go in and, and then see... It, Hot Rod come out and give his speech, but the speech word for word is the same. Everybody's saying until all are one is the same. It's just as uh, low on the impact as what we see on screen. Yeah. Basically, Rodimus gives the speech. It says all until all are one, and then it says the end, okay. and you're done. So that's all I got, Ryan. Uh, what, where were we? What was the, what happened last time, and where are we here? Almost. Okay, well, last time, if you recall, uh, Unicron exploded. Uh, I'll just read it specifically. Ingester incinerates and explodes in a blinding flash, leaving a silent, burnt-out shell of a carcass sailing silently in space, destroyed by the spark of Optimus Prime. Mm -hmm. Um, Which we assume killed Optimus Prime. For good. I would assume, yeah. For real. He's vaporized. Um, (laughs) And then uh, the next uh, we go in, and Daniel says, He's finished! (laughs) Which is... Interesting, and and going through the next... This will be the last script deviation I have, by the way. Uh, And going through this, uh, Daniel does not... I guess Spike and Bumblebee are okay on the other moon, but Daniel does not seem to give a shit. Like, he never mentions it. It doesn't come up. Again, unsatisfying, rushed-as-fuck ending here. So that's right. We never saw, like, Bumblebee and Spike on the inside of Unicron... Mm -hmm. As far as we know, but Unicron did consume them in this version of the script. Yeah, because remember Hot Rod cut the moons loose okay, from so, inside of him. So I guess those weren't crunched up and digested. They were no. like... Well, they're suspended in a web. Yes, right. because Jazz and Cliffjumper were there. So they're just there. inside him. There's no crunch and munching. He just like <laughs> sucked them in and held yeah, them. Ingested them, if you will. Mm-hmm. But they're just sitting Which there. And then we assume all those the people are on there. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. 
Daniel, RC, and Ultra Magnus are inside a, the cruiser, and RC says, "Oh, Daniel says he's finished," and RC says, "And so is Hot Rod." Hangs her head sadly. Oh. Retgar, all bandaged up as Perceptor administers to him. Retgar looks off, pointing and beaming. Not so fast with bad news. Film at eleven, unnecessary. His point of view, the carcass of Ingestor, as Hot Rod slash Rodimus Prime flies out and toward camera. He is smiling and brave looking, and cheers rise from the off screen all around us. Yay! But also, yes, I'm like, what? How did he live? Like, Ingester exploded and is in a burnt out core, and he just like, hey, I was inside a fridge. <laughs> it makes me crazy. And this, actually, I wrote this down. Aaron, this made me think of do you remember when we made a Super Mario comic book? Yes. Super Mario 2, specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember nothing about it, except the... It starts with Luigi and Mario uh, going to a woman's house to fix her plumbing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Oh, a little of the in-out, in-out. Of the pipe work to unclog. That's what I... Whenever I want to have sex with West, I come in, I'm like, baby, you ready for some pipe work? Mm." And then I take off my... I take out my tits. Um... And so this guy, love. I wish this was a visual medium so we could have seen both your faces. Um, but though the comic, it just this ending reminds me of, and the only part I can remember about the comic we made is at the very end, Luigi turns to Mario after they've won the day mm-hmm. and says, "Hey, did we ever fix that woman's pipes?" And Mario looks at the camera, winks, and says, "Who cares?" <laughs> <laughs> that was ended about as well as this exactly. movie. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it made me think of. Is like the ending was written by a junior high student. <laughs> I don't even know that we were in junior high yet at that point in time. But I don't know. Anyway, okay. So we're on Ultra Magnus and Cup. They pound each other on the back, pointing to Hot Rod, Rodimus Prime, as he flies past Canopy of Cruiser. So I guess he's just flying through they, space. They pound each other on the they back? They do. They're like... And uh, the, he flies... Oh, this actually maybe is why I thought of this. He flies past the canopy of the cruiser and waves and winks at them. <laughs> also, cruiser is spelled C-R-I-S-E-R. So, again, he's, he's so, so he's coked so up and done. Yeah, he's, he's RC done. and Daniel. She puts an arm around Daniel and blows Hot Rod a kiss. Ugh. Perceptor, Retgar, Blur, and other Junkions cheer, and Retgar hoists hoist Perceptor aloft to help... With help from other Junkions as they applaud and cheer, Springer gives a thumbs up to Rodimus Prime and waves as he flies by as martial music triumphantly rises as we fade out on an image of Hot Rod flying towards Cybertron, which is the stupidest. So he's just like, ah, wind, yeah. wind, wind, ah, except you're in a vacuum of space, no wind, but he's like, ah, tornado. This then, thing is just terrible. Hot Rod, he doesn't defeat the big... Or small bad. He lucks into it because of Jazz and Cliff Jumper and Prime kills Unicron. Also, like, we're all celebrating, but aren't a bunch of the Dinobots also dead? Like, it's just mm, not addressed. And that is the end of wow. my script deviations. Wow, that's the end of that massive reading. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you for, for me just laying into somebody's creative work. That's okay. Hey. And that's all she wrote, ladies and gentlemen. The fat lady sang her ass off. So once again, uh, all new episode coming out February 3rd, our Groundhog Day episode, which we don't 
address in the episode, Groundhog Day, but that's when it's happening, uh, where we start our ABDC coverage of G.I. Joe the movie. It is a hooey. It's a fun jaunt. Um, so please like, comment, subscribe. We are on iTunes. Five stars, please. Tune in. Google Play, Stitcher, basically wherever you aggregate podcasts, we are there. Visit our website, AutobotDeceptiCast.com, for ancillary material related to our episodes, plus frequent our online store and buy our ABDC merch. More items coming soon. Until next time, my friends, pistols at dawn. Bye, bye, bye.